The Voice of South Africa presents The Cassius Touch, a play for radio by Beverly Pierce. You coming up to bed, John? No. No, there's still a mountain of work to get through. You go on up, darling. You won't be too late, will you? Well, we'll see how it goes. If I'm late, I'll sleep in the other bedroom. Oh, all right. Good night, darling. Good night. Try not to make it too late, will you? Good night. Let's see now. I'll drink first. Relying on you rather a lot, aren't I? Not that much. Now, Peterson contract renewal. I'm going to have that ready with the board tomorrow. Hmm? Blasted door. Let's get that cat seen to. Your husband a little after 10.30 last night. That's right, Inspector. I asked him not to stay up too late. Approximately how long was it from the time you left the room until the time you heard the shot? A few minutes, no more. I went straight up to my bedroom. I was in the bathroom when I when I heard them. Hmm. You saw nobody about the house? No. No, the servants had gone to bed earlier in the evening. The only person up at the time was Mr. Richards, my husband's secretary. How did you know he was up? He was in the office. It's on the same floor as the bedrooms. I heard the duplicating machine when I went upstairs. How long had you been married to Mr. Cassius? Four years. You were his second wife? Yes. The girl last night, Jocelyn Wiley, what could you tell me about her? Nothing very much at all. It was the first time I'd met her. David, that's John's son, well, he was obviously very taken with her. So much so that he wanted to bring her out here to meet me. Hmm. Well, I think that's about all from you for the moment, uh, Mrs. Cassius. I wonder if you'd ask Mr. Richards to come in. Oh, yes. Certainly, Inspector. Well, Sergeant, get all that down. Yes, sir, all of it. <laughs> nice homecoming for Cassius, wasn't it? Mm. Row with his managing director, fight with his son, and <laughs> three bullets. He'd been away two months, yet his return seemed rather abrupt. Nobody expected him. Mm. Odd. He seems to have been rather odd all round, sir. But what was your opinion of Mrs. Cassius? Younger than I'd have expected. Well, oh, mind you, she was his second wife. Oh, Mr. Richards, please come in. I'm Inspector Vernon. This is Sergeant Scott. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. How do you do? Do you, sir? Now, what can I do to help you, Inspector? Well, let's find out, shall we? Where were you when Mr. Cassius was shot? Upstairs, in the office. Mr. Cassius had given me some contracts to duplicate, and I was... Just sign it as witness, will you, Richards? Good. That does it. Now, take them upstairs and have them run off, will you? Certainly, sir. How many copies? I don't know. Six, isn't it? You're the secretary, not me. I'm sorry, sir. Well, get a move on. I'd like to have them before tomorrow morning, if it's all the same to you. I was doing just that, Inspector. I see. Uh, The machine you use, is it an automatic model? Oh, yes, fully automatic. I mean, would it be capable of running on its own without anyone to watch over it? Well, yes, I suppose so. I've never really thought of it. Hmm. Do you know if Mr. Cassius kept a gun? Yes, indeed he did. A Corsair 38, American Police Special. American Police Special. That's an unusual weapon for a private individual, surely. I believe he acquired it whilst in America. Where did he keep it? In that desk, Inspector. Yeah, I have the keys. That's odd. It's not locked. Uh, and the gun? It isn't here, Inspector. Might it be anywhere else in the house? Possibly, but I couldn't suggest where. But where did you last see it? Prior to our leaving for America on his last trip. Mr. Cassius was cleaning it himself. Was it always kept there? To the best of my knowledge, yes. Did anyone in particular have a personal grudge against him to the extent of wanting him killed? There were men whom he uh, ruined financially. I should imagine any one of them would not have been unhappy to see him dead. Do you think you could supply us with the names of such men? I believe so, yes. 
Fine. Please do that, Mr. Richards, as soon as you can. Well, that's all for now, I think. Oh, would you ask Mr. Cassius to come in for a moment? Yes, of course. If there's anything I can do, Inspector, please don't hesitate. I won't, Mr. Richards. I certainly won't. Uh, good day. Inspector, there's something about that, Mr. Richards, something that doesn't ring true. What in particular? Oh, I don't know, something false. Nothing I can put my finger on, though. <laughs> A hunch, Sergeant. Now, extraordinarily enough, I think I'd be tempted to agree with you. Our Mr. Richards is withholding something, and I'm rather sure it's something we should know about. Good morning, Inspector Vernon. That's right. Come in, please, Mr. Cassius. I hope you won't mind Miss Wiley coming in. She was with me last night. Not at all. How do you do, Miss Wiley? This is Sergeant Scott. How do you do? Please sit down. There's a few routine questions. I don't know that there's very much we can tell you that'll help in any way. You see, we'd both already left uh, when it happened. So I believe. However, one never knows, does one? Now then, you left here at 10.20 or thereabouts, didn't you? About then, yes. I'm sorry we came at all. You didn't know your father would be here? I hadn't any idea. I'd been out all day, so I wasn't here when his cable arrived. As soon as I opened the front door last night, I knew he was here. No mistaking those trumpet-like tones of his. And Joss and I have been out to dinner. I thought I recognized the dulcet voice. Welcome. Welcome home, Father. Aye, what a cool reception. How are you, Davy boy? Davy boy is just fine, just fine. Uh, allow me to introduce Mrs. Jocelyn Wiley, my father, John Cassius. How do you do? Everybody, uh, please bow. Uh, my stepmother, Marcia. How do you do? And my father's managing director, Mr. McCorber. How do you do? Is this the latest addition to the fold, Davy Boy? This is the addition to the fold. Oh, she's decorative. Then most of them have been, haven't they? Oh, all of them, Father, all of them. In any event, welcome to the Cassius clan, Miss Wiley. Thank you. Mr. McCorber, haven't we met before? Uh, I hardly think so, Miss Wiley. I'm sure I would recall having met you. Thank you. But there is something familiar... Uh, You've uh, probably been reading too much Charles Dickens. Yes, of course. Yours isn't a particularly common name. May I get you a drink, Joss? Mm, I love one. Mm. Well, you've been given quite a build-up, Jocelyn. You don't mind my calling you that, do you? Oh, please do. What kind of a build-up? Well, David has been drooling at the gills for days about you. <laughs> you've made quite an impression. And you, dear Marcia, have quite an imagination. Drooling at the gills is so descriptive. Rather like a fish that's swallowed too much cod liver oil. <laughs> anyway, Joss, one soothing medicinal beverage. Thank you. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> Well, now, Father, what brings you home so suddenly? It must be something terribly important. Oh, now, Davy boy. What is it? Two months? Three? Gently, boys. Let's all have a lovely evening. You've heard of my father, haven't you, Joss? The legendary magnate, the genius of the stock market, the carver of empires. Oh, yes. I've heard of him. As a matter of fact, Mr. Cassius, my father's about to give you some competition. Your father? What kind of competition? Home appliances. We've just entered the market. Wiley? Of course, sir. Carson and Wiley. <laughs> What's so amusing, Father? Let's all laugh. <laughs> oh, nothing, Davy boy. Just something to do with the business. Well, if it's to do with business, why shouldn't I know about it? You? About business? Oh, Davy boy, you stick to your cars and your devs and your nightclubs. I'll take care of the business. Such touching faith, such confidence. I hope I won't let you down, Father, with my... Uh, what was it? Oh, yes, my, my cars and my devs and my nightclubs. I've no worries on that score. After all, you've had a lot of experience in those fields, not to mention the models. Do they call them models these days, do they? Must be Monday. Dirty washing being brought out. <coughs> yes, well, I, I think it's about time I was getting along. Plenty of work to catch up. Oh, on. Ma, sure you're not going? I'm afraid so. We old timers need to sleep. Well, uh, good night, everybody. Uh, Mars, you, uh, you won't forget that little chore in the morning, will you, old man? No, John, I shan't forget no matter how I feel about it, you're the boss. Good night. Mm. Well, that was unlike Miles, wasn't it? He sounded so ominous. Not ominous, darling. Just saluting the flag. What do you mean? Oh, I told him to handle a couple of matters for me, and he wasn't too happy about it. I don't follow. Well, not in quite as many words. I intimated that he was not entirely indispensable. Oh, John, you couldn't... You wouldn't fire him, would you? If necessary, as I told Miles, I'd fire anybody. But only if necessary. And on that happy little note, dear Joss, I think we should leave. All right, David. It is getting rather late. I'm so glad we've met Jocelyn. Please come out again. I'd like to. Thank you. Good night. 
Good night, Mr. Cassius. Uh, good night, Miss Wiley. Oh, please give my regards to your father. Why, thank you. I will. Good night, Martha. Father? Oh, why the military type farewell, Davy boy? Just saluting the flag, Father. I hate to think that I might be dispensable. <laughs> I see it. So when you left, your father and stepmother were alone. That's right, yes. And uh, you then took Miss Wiley home. Uh, yes, she lives in the city. You went straight home, no stopping off anywhere? No, no, nothing like that. Well, well, not quite, David. Huh? We stopped outside, remember, when you came back? You came back here, Miss Castle? Well, no, not really. I was going to, but I didn't actually get here. Well, perhaps you could explain that a little more clearly. Well, you, you see, I, I was coming back to collect some liquor. I thought we... That is, I, I thought Joss might like a nightcap and something like that when I took her home. But you say you didn't come back. What made you change your mind? Well, I, I remembered that I had some in the car, that's all. I, I just started on the drive, but I didn't come right back to the house. Uh, tell me, how long did it take you from the time you left the car to the time you returned to Miss Wiley? I don't know. A couple of minutes, perhaps. Five at the most. Why? Well, because it was no more than ten minutes after you left that your father was shot. You... You think I killed him? Oh, I didn't say that, but uh, you may have noticed someone in the grounds. Well, I didn't. Why should anyone be in the grounds? The gun was fired from beside those curtains. The killer would have had to be standing outside to shoot from there. And how do you know the shot was fired from there? Powder burns on the curtains. Well, it's a pity I didn't see anyone there. Yes, it is rather. Well, however, it can't be helped. Uh, Miss Wiley, how well did Mr. Cassius know your father? Well, well, that's a strange part. As David told you, Mr. Cassius specifically asked me to give his regards to my father... But when I did so today, Daddy was most surprised. He said they never met before. How odd. I wonder why he should have done that. I told you, Inspector, my father had a peculiar sense of humour, if mm. you'll pardon the phrase. Yes. How long have you two known one another? Just over three weeks. We've only been out a few times. And Cassius was away for the past two months. It's all very puzzling. He couldn't have known even that you two were seeing one another. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Micawber arrived yet? Um, yes, yes, he came in while we were waiting for you. Ask him to come in for a moment, will you? You finished with us? For the present, yes. Oh, Miss Cassius, don't leave the house just yet, will you? There may be more questions later. Of course, Inspector. Yeah, I wonder, Sergeant, do you suppose that young Cassius neglected to mention that he returned to the house accidentally or deliberately? I don't know, sir. It'd be very difficult to find that out for certain. You're quite right, it would. Sometimes I think a crystal ball would help. It'd make our work so very much simpler. Now, that wouldn't do, sir. That wouldn't do at all. Oh, really? Why not? Fortune telling, sir. That's against the law. Oh, really? Ah, Mr. McCorbell, please come in. Uh, sit down. Oh. I'm sure this won't take very long. Mr. Sergeant Scott. Oh, thank you, Inspector. How do you do, Sergeant? How do you do, sir? Now then, we've been told that you were the first to leave the house last night. That's correct, isn't it? Uh, quite correct, Inspector. What time was this? Oh, quarter past, twenty past ten. I'm afraid I can't be more accurate than that. Well, that's accurate enough. Perhaps you can clear up a small point that's been bothering me. Did John Cassius ever have any dealings with Miss Wiley's father? Uh, certainly not, Inspector. He was about to, uh, in an indirect manner, but his death prevented that. Please explain that. Henry Carson and Arthur Wiley, directors of Carson and Wiley, they were about to enter the home appliance field in competition with us. Well, Cassius didn't like the idea and wanted to start an undercutting campaign to drive them out. But I told him I didn't think it was a good idea, but, well, Cassius has a mind of his own. I don't give a hoot what you think about it. That's the way it's going to be. But, John, surely there are other ways of taking care of it. I you? appointed you managing director of Cassius Developments to do just that. Take care of things. I'm out of the country two months and you allow this piddling little company to move it on. But Castle and Wiley is a very small company. They're starting small. The same way I started 15 years ago. Today we are top of the pile. That's where we're staying, Miles. Nobody else gets so much as a nibble. Understand? Tomorrow you start the undercutting campaign. We'll run them into the ground. If you ask me, John... I'm not me... asking you. I'm telling you. Well, you're the boss, I suppose. There's no supposing about it. I am the boss. I hire people, Miles, and if necessary, I fire them. Is that quite clear? You'd fire me? <laughs> Think about it, Miles. It's a remarkably sobering thought. How extraordinary. Why should Cassius have gone to that amount of trouble? He didn't relish competition, Inspector. Hmm? Very well, we live and learn. Uh, do you know of anyone, um, any specific person, who might have wanted to kill John Cassius? 
There are a good many people who would have liked to see him dead. He was an unbelievably hard businessman, Inspector. He made many enemies. Added to that, his personal life wasn't all that it might have been. In what way? He drank to excess, he gambled to an absurd degree, and he'd been associating with the female companions for a number of years. Oh, you surprised me. Oh, he was very discreet about these liaisons, Inspector. But he had expensive tastes, and there are two ladies with whom he, well, consorted. I believe kept is the word. Do you happen to know who they are? Yes, I do. <laughs> I assume this would be of interest to you, Inspector. So I took the trouble of writing down their names and addresses. Thank you very much. You are indeed a most methodical man. I don't think we need trouble with any further. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Inspector. Mm. Inspector, I do not like that man. I know exactly what you mean, Sergeant. Yeah. I think our Mr. McCorbuck can stand a little investigating of his own. It'll be my pleasure, sir. Yes. We certainly shall look into that side of things, yes. John Cassius doesn't seem to have been winning any popularity contest, does he now? That's a nice piece of understatement. It's just as well that we don't allow ourselves any preconceived ideas about anyone, isn't it? In what way, sir? Well, I would have had a totally erroneous picture of Cassius, for example. Newspaper reports, gifts to charity and whatnot. And yet none of these people was particularly enamoured of the man. Hmm. The Cassius touch. Rather like Midas. Everything he touched turned to gold, all right. But none of it seems to have given him much pleasure. Oh, Inspector... It seems that you've talked to everyone. I wonder whether you and Sergeant Scott would like some tea. Uh, yes, oh. thank you, Mrs. Cassius. That'd be very nice. I'll have it served in here, then. Thank Excuse you. me. Oh. oh, Mark. Oh, you startled me. Sorry, darling. Not intentional. Inspector. Oh, of course, you've not met. This is my brother, Mark Reynolds, Inspector Vernon. How do you do, Mr. Reynolds? Have you just arrived? Arrived? From where? <laughs> I'm sure I've no idea. But I'd have thought with those sunglasses... You, uh... You don't live here, do you? You sound surprised. Yes, I do. Oh, Mrs. Cassius, this is most irregular. You might at least have mentioned your brother. Uh, Mr. Reynolds, were you in the house last night? <laughs> yes, of course I was. Why, Inspector? Why? You are aware, are you not, that a murder was committed here last oh, night? Dear John, yes. Oh, but surely, Inspector, you don't suspect me. Mr. Reynolds, I am a remarkably suspicious person. I suspect everyone. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I'm afraid you'll have to remove me from your list. Indeed, and might I ask why? Because, my dear Inspector, for the last five years, I've been quite blind. How did it happen? <laughs> it's quite a story, Inspector. Quite a story. Perhaps you'll be good enough to tell it. Ah, the gentle barbs of the law. Ask a question, but phrase it in such a way that it is unmistakably an order. Your obedient servant, sir. Point is, where does one start? Well, you've been blind five years. Try starting five years ago. Oh, how very practical. Hmm. Well, up to that time, I was one of the many minions of John Cassius. I was a pilot. His personal pilot, to give my title its full prestige. For how long? Three or four years. From the time John bought his first plane... Used of hopping about the country and over to the continent. Good corporate image, you know. This was before Cassius and your sister were married. Oh, yes. Yes, but that comes into the story, too. You'll just have to bear with me, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Go on. Well, we got on fairly well together. I suppose you have to trust somebody when you put your life in his hands. Anyway, that's not terribly important. We were on our way back from Paris after a couple of days over there on business. Nothing eventful. We'd done the same sort of thing dozens of times before. But this time, there was one minor snag. The weather closed in on us. I told Cassius that it'd be rather dicey to try to land. I don't like it, John. Lo, we get the worst of visibility seen. Nonsense. Take her down. We won't have a clear view of the landing strip. I can barely make out the field itself. Well, what do you propose to do? Take us back to Paris? We haven't got time for delays. Put her down. I don't like it. I'm not asking you to like it. Just do it. Your obedient servant, Sarge. Here we go. It's no use. I can't see a blessed thing. I'm taking it up whether you like it or not. Watch out. No trees. We darn nearly made it, too. But as they say in the classics, a miss is as good as a crack-up. The damage serious? Well, it depends on where you're sitting. The kite was a write-off, and yours truly was in a similar kind of state. Both legs and arms, several ribs and sundry odd bones. And my optic nerve, just for good measure. 
Ergo, one rather blind, rather useless ex-pilot. And Cassius? The gods look after their own, Inspector. He twisted a leg. Small consolation to remain twisted, rather like the rest of him. I see. But you came out of it all right? Oh, yes, indeed. Only the best for me. And all at the expense of the man. Or rather, Cassius' developments, I'm sure it must all have been deductible. Private ward and a private hospital and the constant and costly ministrations of the physician royal to the Cassius brood. The physician royal? Oh, yes. Sir Martin Harcourt himself. And where does Mrs. Cassius come in? Right now, via the hospital door. That's where they met, in my ward. Probably the first time in history that the part of Cupid has been played by a blind man, but mark you, it was nonetheless effective. So it appears. For a blind man, your aim was surprisingly accurate. <laughs> Do I detect a hidden meaning lurking in there, Inspector? Oh, no, 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 no. Just poor humour. My usual variety. How long after this meeting, Mrs. Cassius, were you married? A little less than a year. We moved out here, and when Mark was discharged from the hospital, he came to live here, too. It was one of the more attractive fringe benefits for a man in my position. Fortunately, I had two major advantages at the time. Uh, what were they? A wealthy employer, a beautiful sister. Really, Mark? And you've lived here ever since, have you? All the time. You know, point in my leaving, would there? I know the place backwards by now. Don't even need a stick to get me around anymore. It's all very convenient. Yes, I should imagine it would be. You're uh, familiar with both the house and garden? Completely. I could even tell you what flowers are planted where, how many inches it is from the driveway to the swimming pool. Anywhere else, for that matter. Regular one-man guided tour. Oh, well, that is interesting. Now, about last night, Mr. Reynolds, you say you were here at the time of the murder. Guilty. Uh, in a manner of speaking, of course. Whereabouts? In bed, Inspector. Snug, warm, asleep. Sorry. For what? That I can't be of any help to you. What time did you go to bed? Very early. Eightish, I suppose. How do you know what time it was? Do you mean being blind? My dear chap, I listen to clocks. They have a convenient habit of striking on the hour every hour. Yes, so they have. One tends to forget these things when one isn't dependent on them. Did you hear the shot? Afraid not. I sleep very heavily. And it's plural, by the way, shots, not shot. Oh, so there were, yes. You'd have heard all about it this morning, wouldn't you? The entire grisly story, in detail, over breakfast. Uh, well, I think that's all I need from you for the moment. Thank you for your help. My help? <laughs> yes. You're more than welcome, I'm sure. Well, well, well. You might say that uh, that lot is quite a kettle of fish, Sergeant. And do any of them smell a bit peculiar to you, sir? Uh, hard to say. But I do find myself with nostrils a-quiver. That's a pity about people like Cassius. They know too many people. Leaves the field of suspects wide open. Now, who have we got in our books right now? Well, sir, almost any of the people who were here last night. Then we've got the business enemies that both Richards and McCorber talked about. Mm, that should be an interesting little list. Yes, Mr. McCorber's little note. Let us not forget... Those two indolent ladies of pleasure, shall we? Uh, ladies of leisure, sir. Yes, Sergeant. Uh, you'd like me to handle that side of things for you, sir? Uh, we'll both talk to them, I think. Uh, very good, sir. Hello? No, it's Sergeant Scott speaking. Yes, he's here. Just a minute. It's for you, sir. Yes, thank you. Hello, there's Peter Vernon here. Who? Oh, yes. You have anything interesting? Well, perhaps you read it to me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I see. You're sure about it? Good. Thank you very much. No, just leave it on my desk, will you? Thank you. Goodbye. Something worthwhile, sir? Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. That was the police laboratory. The pathology report came in. Death was caused by one of three bullets, any one of which could have been fatal. Bullets fired from a Corsair 3-8. An American police special. Well, that does help, doesn't it, sir? It, it does. I don't think we need to concern ourselves with business enemies, Sergeant. Or these, um, extracurricular affairs. No. Our murderer is someone we've already talked to. Someone who is in this house right now. Sergeant, I've had a look at the will. It helps us in that it supplies motives, all right. But at the same time, it complicates matters. Too many motives, perhaps. And who gets what, sir? Mrs. Cassius and young David get most of it. The bulk of the estate is divided between them. Micawber comes into a large slice of the business itself. Quite a hefty slice, I might add. The secretary, Richards, gets a nice fat £10,000 tax-free, and Mark Reynolds is taken care of for life. Reynolds? In what way, sir? 
£5,000 tax-free per annum for the duration of his natural life, unquote. Gee, like you said, sir, that certainly does provide all of them with motives. Yes, indeed it does. Too many suspects, too few clues. Let's take a look at them, shall we? Shall I take some notes, sir? Uh, no, 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 more or less just thinking out loud. Ah. Now, in the first place, Cassius was alone when he was shot, no witnesses. Therefore, every one of our suspects could have had an opportunity. Secondly, motive. They all stood to gain. Including Miss Wiley, sir? Yes, uh, but we'll come to her in a moment. Number one, Marcia Cassius. Motive? Yes. Opportunity? Yes. She could have been telling the truth up to the point of saying goodnight to her husband. Then, instead of leaving, she could quite simply have walked to the window, shot him and walked right out again. She'd have run the risk of bumping into someone on the way back to her bedroom. Ah, not if she went into the garden and returned through one of the side doors. Ah, yes. Two, David Cassius. He inherits handsomely. He could have shot his father at the time he says he was coming back to the house to collect liquor which he didn't really need and which he didn't get. It would have been cutting it rather fine, Jim. Yes, it doesn't take much time to pull a trigger three times. And by the way, those four or five minutes would have given Miss Wiley the opportunity as well. What about her motive, sir? Mm, nothing very definite. Still, if she had learnt about Cassius's little plan against her father, well, let's not stare at that for a motive. People have killed for far less. <laughs> How right you are, sir. Four... Miles McCorber. He inherits too. And he was also the first to leave the house. Possibly intentionally. He could have left, parked his car somewhere nearby and come back. It wouldn't have been very difficult. That leaves us Paul Richards and Mark Reynolds. Yes, it does. Richards. Hmm. Ten thousand's a nice fat motive for a man in his position. He was supposed to have been in his office, but that duplicating machine could have been working automatically. That would have allowed him to slip out, come round to the window, shoot Cassius and return to the office in the same way. Very neat. Yes, that duplicating machine isn't really much in the way of an alibi. Uh, now, sir, what about Reynolds? You're not seriously considering him, are you? You mean because he's blind? Well, yes, sir. Hmm. Sergeant, tell me something. According to the pathology report, any one of those three bullets would have been fatal. Why three shots? Well, to make sure, I suppose, sir. Yes, exactly. To make sure. You agree with me that our raconteur friend had plenty of motive to do the job? Oh, I'd say so, sir. Five thousand a year for life, plus a possible grudge against Cassius for his blindness. Precisely. Now, by his own admission, he knows every inch of the grounds and the house. You saw the way he moves about, never barges into anything, knows to the exact centimetre the position of the furniture. When he gets up, he turns immediately to the door. He knows it's there. No hesitation about direction. You see? I'm beginning to, sir. Reynolds could have been waiting outside, listening to the noises in the study. He'd have heard the last person leave. He'd have heard Cassius sit down at his desk, heard the papers rustling. All he'd have to do is point a gun at where a man would be sitting and fire. Not once, but three times. To make sure of hitting him. Yeah. Hello, Inspector Vernon here. Oh, why, hello, Miss Wiley. What can I do for you? Uh, oh. <laughs> well, uh, why? Yeah, but but uh, can't you give me any indication? Uh, I see Oh, very well, Miss Wiley, if you think it's that important. Yes. Uh, would half an hour suit you? Oh, fine. I I'll see you down there, then. How oh, very odd. Jocelyn Wiley, sir? Yeah. Sounded serious. She wants us to meet her at Cassius Developments in half an hour. Well, what for? She wouldn't say. But she implied that it concerned our friend Micawber. Come along, Sergeant. This might prove rather interesting. <laughs> My dear Inspector, do please come in. Good day to you, Miss Wiley. Sergeant Scott. Good day, sir. Good day, Mr. McCorper. Well, now, Inspector, what's all this about? You were rather mysterious on the telephone. Yes, I probably was. Perhaps because I don't really know what this is about myself. No, I'm afraid I don't... Mr. McCorber, do you recall when we met at the Cassius home? I said that I thought there was something familiar about you. Hmm? 
Oh, yes, uh, my name, but no, I... No, not just your name. Although you tried very hard to make me believe that's all it was. I really don't understand. Have... Oh, yes, you do, Mr. McCorber. But I'm sure you'd rather I hadn't brought up the subject. You see, I've just remembered where it was that I'd seen you. Is it really all that important, Miss Wiley? Oh, yes, Inspector. You'll find it even more so. Do you remember, Mr. McCorber? Well, offhand, I... <laughs> One meets so many My people. My father's office. Two months ago, on the day when the new company had its first board meeting, it all came back to me this morning, Inspector. You see, Mr. Micawber was in on that board meeting. Is this true, Mr. Micawber? Were you there? Well, I... Yes, it, it is true. I, I was there. As a member of the board of an opposing company? Yes, that is correct. And this fact has naturally never been made public. Naturally not. But I had faith in the company. When they offered me a directorship, I took it. And when Cassius returned, he told you that he was going to ruin that company. Yes. And very conveniently that night, he was killed. I, I don't care for your insinuations, Inspector. I hardly think that the fact that I happen to be on the board of a rival company is all that important. All that important? <laughs> well, Mr. Micawber, it happens to be sufficiently important to place you as a leading suspect for the murder of John Cassius. <laughs> Morning, Mrs. Cassius. Sorry to trouble you again. This won't take long. That's quite all right, Inspector. How can I help you? We had a word with Sir Martin Harcourt this morning, your family physician. Oh? About anything in particular? Oh, one or two things. Uh, your brother, he seemed to recover remarkably quickly from his accident. Oh, yes. Uh, Mark has always been stoic. Barring accidents, I don't think he's ever been really ill. Yeah. Uh, Sir Martin was puzzled about something. It seems he advised Reynolds to come in for regular checkups. Advice that your brother chose to ignore. Oh, Mark was quite vehement about it. He doesn't have a very high regard for the medical profession at the best of times. He says as long as he isn't ill, what's the point of seeing a doctor? In all this time, five years, he hasn't needed to see one? No, not really. Oh, there have been the usual minor accidents. Falling over unexpected things, bumping into walls. The occupational hazards of being blind, I suppose. But nothing serious enough to warrant calling in Sir Martin. I see now, about your husband. He just returned from a trip to America, which lasted two months. That's right. And prior to that? Well, how do you mean? How long had he been here before going off on that trip? Oh, John was quite a globetrotter. He'd been here, um, oh, a little over a month. You see, before that, he'd been on a business trip to the Far East. Now, how long was he away for on that occasion? Another two months. I see. He must have been lonely for you. Oh, it's part of the price one pays when one marries a man like John Cassius. Yes, of course. Now, let's just summarise, shall we? The past five months, he was away for two months. Here for one month, away for another two months. Is that right? Yes, Inspector. I've just said so. Yes, so you did. You, um... You have no children of your own, Mrs. Cassius? No, none. Had you and your husband planned on having any? Well, the situation never arose. I suppose, had it happened, John would have been quite happy. Is, uh, is all this necessary, Inspector? Yes, Mrs. Cassius, it is. Very necessary. Sergeant Scott? Yep. Would you do that now? Just give us a few minutes. Right, Your Honor. Now, Mrs. Cassius, suppose we be as honest with each other as we can. It will save us a lot of time and probably some embarrassment. What is it you want to know, Inspector? <sighs> I see. The hard way, then. Dr. Arthur Fenning. What? Dr. Arthur Fenning is a colleague of Sir Martin's. They had lunch together last week. Fenning mentioned casually that you'd been in to see him. He was rather surprised that you hadn't been to see Sir Martin. Well, Mrs. Cassius? Well, Inspector. You saw Fenning on the second of the month. He examined you and gave you certain tests. Yes? Tests which later confirmed your pregnancy. You're... You're very thorough, Inspector. What of it? On the second of last month, you were three months pregnant. You know all the answers, Inspector. Why bother with the question? The father of that child was not your husband. Really? Mrs. Cassius. Look, at the time of your conception, your husband was on a business trip to the Far East. Very well, Inspector. I am pregnant. And the father of my child is not my husband. Is there anything else you'd like to drag out? I am trying to get at the truth. For heaven's sake, don't you realize the position in which this puts you? What position? Sir Martin had no inkling that John Cassius was not the father. He naturally would have mentioned the subject when next he saw him. But that opportunity never arose. Your husband was murdered the night he came home. And that gives me an ideal motive, does it? You and the real father. Who is he? That, Inspector, you shall never know. 
You see, there is no way of your finding out unless I tell you. And I do not intend to. <gasps> oh, Paul! You wish to see me, Inspector? Yes, Mr. Richards, I do. Uh, please sit down. Now, you were personal secretary to John Cassius for uh, three or four years, I believe you said. Yes, that is correct. You accompanied him on all his business trips, both in this country and abroad. Yes. Always? Yes. Including the last trip to the Far East? Well, yes. You hesitated. Why? Well, nothing really. Were you with him for the entire duration of that trip, the full two months? Well, no. You see, during that time, there were two emergency meetings here. Mr. Cassius couldn't attend them himself, so he sent me as his representative. Inspector, really, Mrs. Cassius, will you please not interrupt? Now, look here. How long did you come back for? I... Approximately a week, but I... Did that week cover the end of one month or the beginning of the next? Yes, I think so. Let me see. Yes, it was from the 27th to the 4th. Yes. Yes, of course. It would have included the second of the month. Aren't you rather jumping to conclusions? I don't think so. Proof, Inspector. You have no Mrs. proof. Mrs. Cassius, I... Mr. Richards, were you and Mrs. Cassius lovers? What? How dare you? Were you the father of her child? Her child? Her child? What? <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't. Believe me, please, I'm simply sorry that it has come out like this. How did you know? How did you know? Oh, it was no great detective work on my part. Nevertheless, savoury aspects of an investigation, the anonymous note. Hmm. Did you know that Marcia Cassius and Paul Richards were lovers? That's all. It's typed, and of course, there's no signature. Naturally, no fingerprints either. Yeah. It's typeface. I'm almost sure. Well, it looks very much like the type on my machine upstairs. Really? Is there another typewriter in the house? I don't believe so. Mrs. Cassius? No, no. No, there's only the one. Perhaps you'd be good enough to check that for me, Mr. Richards. If you would merely type out this sentence several times. We'll have an expert examine the specimens later, but I should rather imagine they will be from the same machine. Marcia, will you... you be all right? Yes. Yes, Paula. I'll be all right. Come back down again when you're done with that, will you? Are you uh, feeling better, Mrs. Cassius? Yes, remarkably so. Congratulations, Inspector. Oh, please, try not to feel like that, Mrs. Cassius. I assure you I regretted that scene as much as you did. What a sick, sordid way for, for our love to be dragged out. Look, I'm in no position to, well, set in any kind of judgment on you, or indeed even to make comment. Whatever that is between you is your own business, but I'm afraid that it is now part of the investigation. I hope, I sincerely hope, for the sake of you both, that it means no more than that. Oh, so gallant, Inspector. So very, very gallant. You know as well as I do what will happen when this gets out. It will no longer be a love, something very, very beautiful. Oh, no, just, just dirty. It need not be like that at all. What, what do you mean? Well, strange as it may seem, although one is a policeman, one is still a human being. I shall naturally have to include this knowledge as part of my investigation, but if it turns out that it has no bearing on the murder of your husband... I give you my assurance that no one outside the four of us will ever know a thing about it. You... you do that? You'd keep it to yourself? Mrs. Cassius, is there any reason why? Oh, Paul! Have you finished now? Finished? No, I'm afraid not, Mrs. Cassius. But we're a little closer. Closer? To what, Inspector? To finding out who did kill John Cassius. But, Inspector, surely you've already done that. How so? Well, I mean, why else did Richards oh, do it? All Richards was not the murderer. Indeed, no. Then why did he kill himself? You know, I've always found it keeps things in perspective if one talks in an impersonal sort of way. Now, early this morning, a note was delivered to my office. It was posted in the city last night. It suggested certain... Uh, Implications about Mr. Richards. What sort of implications? Well, that's not very important. However, they turned out to be true. Mr. Richards left this room and presumably went immediately up to his office. After a very short time, a shot was heard. We arrived at that office within less than a minute. We found Mr. Richards dead. Having very conveniently killed himself. So it appeared. Appeared? 
Aren't you being just a little overly cautious, Inspector? It's remarkable how often it pays to be uh, overly cautious. What exactly does that enigmatic statement mean? You have a captive audience, Inspector. Richards was seated at his desk in front of a typewriter. On the floor beside his right hand was a revolver. This one. On it, a very clear set of his fingerprints. It happens to be the weapon that killed Mr. Cassius. There was a gunshot wound in the right temple. Powder burns indicated that the gun had been fired from point-blank range. In the typewriter, a note. This note. The pressure is too much to bear. I can stand it no longer. I killed John Cassius. Well, what more do you want? Richards to return from the grave and confess? Isn't it rather obvious that he killed my father, couldn't stand the pressure, and then shot himself? That, Mr. Cassius, is what the real murderer would like us to believe. The real murderer? Yes. You see, Paul Richards did not kill himself. What? How can you possibly say that? No. What really happened was this. The killer saw Richards go into the room and sit at his typewriter. A heaven-sent opportunity. He stood beside him, shot him in the temple, put Richards' fingerprints on the gun, slipped the note into the typewriter, and walked out. It was as simple as that. Interesting theory, Inspector, but hardly plausible. Oh, why not? The time factor. You say you arrived up there less than a minute later. Of course. The killer couldn't possibly have done all you say he did in that amount of time. Couldn't he? Sit down, Mr. Cassius. Well, in this chair, if you won't mind. What's this supposed to prove? If you'll be patient for a moment, I'll show you. Now, the killer naturally is prepared completely. In one hand, the typewritten note done well in advance. He lays it face down on the desk while talking to Richards. It's just a sheet of paper. Nothing to arouse suspicion, right? I don't see the point of all this. Hey, well, in a moment. Now, the killer has the gun in his pocket wrapped in a handkerchief. He stands behind Richards, so, takes out the gun and wraps it, so. Richards sees none of this. Now, everything so far has taken place before the gun was fired, right? Now, please time this, Miss Cassius. I'm going to go through the motions of shooting you, putting your fingerprints on the gun, putting the sheet of paper in the typewriter, and walking out of the room, right? All right, I'm ready. Right, here we go, then. Now... Bang, gun. Hand down, fingerprints on gun. Now, paper into typewriter. So, now, walk to the door. So. Right, so how long is that take? Why, why, it was only 13 seconds. Correct, Mr. Cassius. But even if it took 30 seconds, it has been sufficient. The first person to arrive on the scene did so a minute after the shot. It was really quite ingenious. At the risk of sounding repetitious, Inspector, it's an interesting theory. But how can you substantiate it? Once we ruled out suicide, that was the only... But how do you rule out suicide? The killer was very clever. He typed out the note well in advance, and then was most careful to wipe his fingerprints off the keyboard. There are still no fingerprints on those keys. Unless Richards employed divine guidance, he did not type out the so-called suicide note. But he could, theoretically, still have shot himself. Oh, no. The gunshot wound was in the right temple. Well, what has that to do with anything? You mean, none of you noticed it? Oh, good heavens. It never fails to surprise me just how unobservant most people are. Paul Richards was left-handed. So there we have it. Oh, I've used the word he in talking about the killer. It could just as easily have been she. Are you suggesting it could have been Jocelyn? Miss Wiley is still a suspect, yes. The killer of Richards is the same person who killed your father. And, I might add, who sent me the note about Richards. Hello? Sergeant Scott speaking. Yes, yes, just hold on. It's for you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Speaker Vernon here. There he is. What did you find out? I see he was. For those reasons... Yes, I, I thought the information would be accurate. Did you get the exact date? Yes. Uh-huh. Until when? I see. Thank you very much. No, that'll be all. Good night. Mr. Cassius, you told me that you were on reasonably good terms with your father. Reasonably good, yes. Why? You gave me the impression that you always had been on reasonably good terms. Well, what about it? Meadowvale Sanatorium. So... You had to dig up that rubbish as well? Rubbish? I'd say it was rather pertinent, wouldn't you? No, I would not. Drink, anyone? You spent almost a year there undergoing treatment. At, um, yes, at the time you were 19 years old. Treatment of uh, an emotional nature. It was also completely voluntary. That does not make it less pertinent. But I am rather surprised that you decided not to mention it to me earlier. Well, go on, Inspector. Don't stop there. Tell them all just how mentally and emotionally ill I was. Go on. Tell them the reason for it, too. Yes, that is rather important, isn't it? But perhaps you and I should discuss it in private. Oh, no. No, Inspector. This is very much for public consumption. You see, dear people, 
Meadowvale was my not very hospitable home for nearly a year. I say the treatment was voluntary, but it was a little more than that. I was given a choice, you see, by my dearly beloved father. What kind of a choice? What kind of a choice, indeed. I either had to commit myself for voluntary treatment at Meadowvale or... <laughs> or face criminal charges. Charges? Charges of what? <laughs> of trying to kill my father. <laughs> oh, that really is priceless. I think it calls for a drink. Now, who put that blasted chair there? I'm sorry, Reynolds, my fault. I moved it when I was illustrating my point about the suicide. Of course, you weren't to know. No, Inspector, I, I suppose nobody is perfect. Well, we are a charming bunch, aren't we? Cheers. Oh, forgive me, Inspector, I should have offered you a drink. Or don't you on duty? I won't thank you, Mr. Reynolds. It's late, and I have work to do. If you'll excuse me, Mrs. Cassius. Of course, Inspector. I hope you won't mind, but I should like all of you to be here in the morning. Please try to understand. Good night. Good night, Inspector. Oh, one other thing. I would advise all of you not to leave your bedroom doors unlocked. Oh, there isn't a lot more. My father became more and more impossible. It was the same story, repeated day after day after day. But they got to a stage where, where we were both looking forward to the times when he, when he didn't come home. When it gets like that, it's about as bad as it can get. My mother was never... Well, she was never very strong. I saw what it was doing to her eating at her all the time. And all the time she was trying to cover it up, hide it. And one day she... Well, I suppose she just couldn't take anymore. You know the feeling? I know it. There was this, this scene, big, violent, and... Uh, well, she broke, and I ran out of the room and... Uh, upstairs to her bedroom and... Uh, well, we both heard the shot... Oh, no. We ran up to her bedroom. I, I got there first, and, and everything inside me just just, just flipped over. I, I don't know. I, I just picked up the gun and pointed it at him and pulled the trigger. Oh, he No. No, he wasn't hurt. The gun jammed. Nothing happened. The gun jammed. He hit me. He hit me from one side of the room to the other and, and, and screaming at me all the time. I, I didn't even know what he was saying. It, uh, uh, finally, he, he calmed down and, and gave me the alternative. <laughs> Meadowvale, no criminal charges. <laughs> of attempted murder. And afterwards, when you came out, how did you feel? I mean, about your father. Oh, I, I tolerated him. That's about all. He'd ceased to be a father a long time before that. Now he was just a... a hand in a cash pocket. <laughs> Don't you get to a stage where you can turn yourself off to somebody? They're there and you exchange words, but they're not really there at all. Must have been a, a terribly lonely life. It was. Until you. Me? Mm -hmm. I found a lot of things in you that I'd forgotten existed. And they started bringing out things in me. I'd forgotten they existed, too. Wonderful things. Oh, I'm glad. Very glad. Oh, hello, Mark. I'm sorry. Am I interrupting? No, it's, it's all right. Joss and I were just discussing something. I, I shan't disturb you for long. I left my glasses in here. Oh. On the desk, I think. Yes, there they are. I'll get them for you. <laughs> you, you caught me. I tripped and, and you caught me. Just lucky I happened to be in the right place at the right time. No. No. You can see. Oh, don't be absurd, darling. The guns might hear. Catch! You caught them. She's right. You're not blind. You can see. There you are. Both of you. How very obliging of the dear inspector to leave the gun behind. Now, sit down. Stop it. You. You killed them. Naturally. Very clever, both of you. My reflexes were a little too fast for me that time. But it won't help you, you know. 
Your cleverness just precipitated things, that's all. But you were blind. I know you were. How very astute of you. Yes, I was. But I'm not. I haven't been for nearly nine months now. It's been rather fun. Now, both of you, please sit very quietly and put your hands folded in your laps. Thank you. Glad you're being sensible, David. You wouldn't want to see dear Joss hurt, would you? Why, Mark? Why did you do it? Your father really was an obnoxious man, you know. He deserved to die. But my personal reason, of course, was simply greed. Oh, it was very pleasant while I was blind to enjoy the luxury of his home, to be waited on hand and foot. Few blind men have it as good as that. But then came my little accident, that fall down the stairs, remember? What does that to do with it? Everything. I don't know exactly how it happened. Probably something to do with my optic nerve, but my sight started coming back to me. Oh, very slowly at first, but increasing day but by day. Surely you were grateful to be able to see again? Grateful, yes. There were problems, you see, though. I'd grown accustomed to living this life of luxury, of completely satisfying idleness. And if dear Cassius found out I was no longer blind, he did no longer have felt obliged to keep me. But, but why did you have to kill him? Money, my dear. Money. Oh, I knew he'd leave me something. But that wasn't the biggest prize, oh, no. There was always my charming sister, ready and also willing to make life comfortable for her poor, disabled brother. In the future, oh, I'll never know. You'd have killed her, too. It may still be necessary. And then, uh, Richards, Mark, why Richards? To give the police a murderer, of course. My reasoning was perfectly logical. And then in my haste, I forgot that he was left-handed. You're bad. You know that. You're insane. Your opinion, Miss Wiley, is neither valid nor important. But the point is, Mark, it, it, it's all come to nothing, hasn't it? Now we know there isn't anything more you can do. <laughs> oh, David, how childish you are. I told you, I suppose, because of vanity. I wanted an audience. But it's going to be a short-lived audience. You don't mean that. Oh, my dear boy, you're perfect, don't you see? The main suspect who's believed to be a little bit insane. In a few moments, the people in this house will hear two shots. Mark. When they come in, you two will be quite dead. The gun will be in your hand. And what will everybody believe? Why, simply that you knew your time was up, that you shot Joss and then yourself. It's ingenious, isn't it? You can't do that. You'll never get away with it, Dear Mark. Dear boy, there's nothing to stop me. Good night, children. Thank you, Reynolds. I'll take the gun. There you are. Don't move any of you. There's nothing you can do, Reynolds. There are men outside the whole place are surrounded. You heard it all, didn't you? Everything. Yes, everything. A beautiful little trap. But how did you know? How did you know? We didn't, really. But the list of suspects narrowed itself down rather considerably. Mrs. Cassius was with us when Richard was shot, so that let her out. Neither Micawber nor Miss Wiley was anywhere near this house at the time. We have had them watched, of course. So that left you and young David here. Is it reasonable to suppose that the killer would make some move tonight? We simply watched and waited. Oh, no. You found your killer, Inspector. But you haven't caught him yet. Let's go, Reynolds. Give me the gun. Oh, no. There's nothing you can do. One thing. You. You're the cause of all this. I'm taking you with me. Reynolds, that gun is loaded with blanks. Yes. What? You lie. You lie. John Reynolds, on your feet. Let's go. Why? Why? I can't see. I can't see. That was The Cassius Touch. The part 